You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with uh, Brandon Fitch, Tabitha James, Lauren Carr. Welcome, guys. You know, uh, once again, Brandon and Lauren have finagled their way onto the podcast. You know, well, twenty uh, bucks will get you a long ways here, won't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but now we wanted to have Lauren back on again because. We really love working with her at the Graves County Health Department and what she does with the syringe exchange out there. And she wanted to bring on Tabitha, who's one of her success stories out there, which we love a good success story in recovery uh, in, and in general. So uh, welcome on. You know, uh, Tabitha, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your success story. Um, I am a single mom of three kids who got out there and decided to go get high and then decided to start using a needle and lost my kids. And then, you know, God got me. The syringe program got me because not only did it uh, offer me clean syringes, but it also offered me hope. It offered me um, connections to recovery places like um, Recovery Plus. And that was my first journey in a rehab it didn't last long, but I'm here now, two years later, sober. So, it's a little bit. That's great. Yeah, I know that a lot of people say that, like, coming to the syringe exchange and just feeling welcomed there and, you know, the way that they show you that somebody cares, uh, you know, helping trying to love you back alive, wait till you're, you know, keep you alive till you're ready to do something about it is the, you know, real goal behind it. And um, so is that, was that your experience as well? I mean, I'd come in and Lauren would meet me with a smile or the other workers would just meet me with a smile and they would ask me how I'm doing. They would be concerned about anything and everything. They showed me love and kindness that I wasn't getting anywhere else. Like, you know, I had burned so many bridges with my parents, with my children, with all of my family. And so I was pretty hopeless when I come through those doors. And then I come in and I had a spider bite on my leg. (laughs) And uh, she's like, you need to go to the doctor. I was like, you think so? It hurts when I bend my knee. (laughs) So she actually gave me the nickname spider bite. And... uh, still have that scar I see every day you know it's a reminder and I know it sounds a little silly but it's a reminder of where I was and where I'm at because of Lauren you know yeah it's not just her I put in a lot of hard work but I'm going to tell you right now she was like the light at the end of the tunnel for me and uh, actually I'm going to be graduating drug court program in February. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And she's going to be there, hopefully. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> hey, that's that's a, that's a hell of a program right there. It really is. I went through it. I understand. It's It's been a wild ride, you know. Um, I've had my fair share of sanctions. Had to go to jail, and I've had to sit in courtrooms and watch people get revocations and had to take notes. And it's been a wild ride, but I did one of my last packets of homework and turned that in today. 
and we're going to be working on my, uh, what's it called, um, exit interview, I guess, soon, and that's when the real, the real stuff starts. It's when whenever. the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I always tell people that I'm not a healthcare professional, so when they do show me um, spider bites, bites <laughs> or they come in with their fingers cut off, or... You're like, that's not right. Something's not, I mean, Something, I'm not a doctor, know. but there should be more finger there. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it just, it's so crazy, you know, um, on the way here, I picked her up and she gave me a tour of her house, and I want to say... You got the spider bite because the trailer you were living in had it no was, electricity. It was my a tra- trailer that me and my ex-husband had lived in years and years ago that sits on my dad's back property. And uh, no electric, no nothing. I, I was homeless, you know. Didn't have a home. All, I lived out of a car. So me and my ex-boyfriend would sneak into my trailer because he wasn't allowed on my dad's property at the time. And we would stay there have candles and that's how we would see you don't want to know all the details but <laughs> it's romantic right the candles oh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> horrible anyways um one morning we woke up one after a night that we actually did sleep and um he had a bite on his stomach and i had a bite on my knee and it wasn't two days later i couldn't barely bend my leg Wow, and I, I, I had necrotic tissue. It was bad. Was it? Was it a, a recluse? Yeah. Right. Oh wow, yeah. oh, yeah. that's my biggest fear. I've been bit I by still, one. It was the worst. I've never been bit by one, but I'm still scared to death of them. <laughs> that's what made me start not liking spiders, because <laughs> 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 uh, I had it on my toe, and they had to carve half my toe out because you know, it starts eating away yeah. at the tissue. It's gross. I still have pictures. I, rem- yeah. I, I remember seeing it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've got a few questions. Uh, I, I'm. Just like you, I, I'm, I'm in recovery, mm-hmm. and just like you, I, I uh, was an IV drug user. So we didn't have access to something like you had uh, back in my day. But, <laughs> um, you know, what was it like to, first off, how did you hear about it? Another user. Another user told you yeah. about the exchange program. I was over at their house, and, uh, well, they didn't have a license or a car, and I did, and they wanted a ride, and I was like, give was, me some. Was it the candy? That lured them in, the food, the snacks. Or did From it, the exchange? No, we didn't even have snacks when you started coming. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you did. Did I? I always think it's the snacks that get people to come in. It's no, the as, needles. As an IV, <laughs> as a former <laughs> IV user, I'm telling you, you know, it's the needle. Because it, it's it, not even the fentanyl test strips; it's the needles yeah. itself. Well, when you when you're out there, and we're not trying to glorify anything, right? Like when, when you're out there. The, 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 the horrific things that you go through to either find them, um, maintain them, sharpen them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Unclog I mean, them. Unclog them. Uh, I That's mean, you're the worst. putting so much damage to your body. Oh, my gosh. And, and God forbid you, you want to share as well. I mean, you, you, you really process that. Like, oh, okay, I've known this person for a week. I trust them and their hygiene and, and, and all these things. Uh, it should be good. You know, and we, you know, we didn't have that. The, that just seems like it would have taken a lot of um, courage, I guess, to, to walk in there. And, and, you know, of course, we didn't have anything like that, you know, when I was doing it. But, yeah. but what was it like your first time going in there? Well, at first, I didn't want to go in myself. That's why I said, get, just grab me some, too. And he's, right. they, the person told me, you know, you can only get so many. And I was like, 
I have to come to terms with this, and there's people that are going to know other than who I'm using with. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, I denied it for months before I ever walked into that place. And so when I walked in, I was nervous. I didn't talk much. But then, the, you know, they were so friendly that I came back, and I had no regard, you know, no... Reservations. Yes. Reservations yeah. at yeah. all. <laughs> and I just started coming in, and I would talk about my whole life. See, I mean, you, you make that. We, I heard a podcast. I was telling Matt once. We, there was this podcast. I shared it with you, too. Mm-hmm. And, and they brought up the fact that it's not about the syringe. It's not about the harmony. I mean, it's about that. But the most valuable asset at that program is the person that's there, That the one that you're gaining some trust in a relationship mm-hmm. with. And, and whenever you are ready you know, at that moment, that's the person you feel most comfortable to go to. I mean, when I was trying to get new syringes, um, you know, you, you go to CVS or Walmart and some places would give them to you. Some places would just look at you because we weren't looking the best out there, right? Like right. if you're using a syringe on a daily basis or more often than that, right, you're not looking healthy. Um, you've been up for a few days, um, and they're two weeks, you know, <laughs> and, and they're definitely looking at you a certain way and understandably so. And your goal is not to get higher because of it. Your goal is to find something to where you can do it safer. Yeah. Um, because we know addiction is a hard thing to kick. I mean, it's, it's takes so much more than ourselves. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I remember I used to, <laughs> I used to uh, throw on some dress clothes and, and some khakis and put makeup on my, I swear to God, I did it. <laughs> and and uh, sunglasses on and even throw a tie on and walk into a different town to try to get these things. That way I was doing it safer. You know, and it was just a horrible experience, you know, a horrible experience. And it's just awesome that you guys have that now. You know, my first thought when they said something about it, when my friend told me about it, they were like, I, I thought, um, is this a setup? Yeah. Are, are they going to give my name? Yeah. Are they going to tell the cops? Because I'm already in trouble. I can't get in any more trouble. Yeah. They don't. They don't tell your name. They give you nicknames. Like, like spider, spider bite, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when I when you said that I was like, <laughs> I remember that. You know, like those little posts going around saying, if you want to get your drugs tested, please drop it off here. Have you seen that? Yeah, and I'm like, it's a trick. Yeah, it's a trap. It is a trap. <laughs> Straight setup. Yeah. So a lot of people think that they do. Yes, I would say that about the exchange. Yeah, and they say that we ask uh, cop questions. And I'm it's like, just for safety. It's just for safety. Like, it's, what's your name? No. <laughs> um, what substance they are using yeah. and how many times a day. And I would say that that's probably the hardest intake question that we ask um, and because people are actually admitting to it. Or they'll say, oh, you know, just like one or two times a week or, you know, here I didn't want anyone thinking I was a real big drug, drug user. Right. I didn't want to be thought of as a junkie or nothing yeah. you know but the delusion we're in at that moment too right yeah, the truth was you know it's exactly yeah. what i was and you know i can admit that now because and a lot of people don't like that word and i understand i didn't like that word either but it's not it's not bad to be able to accept the truth you know acceptance is the answer to, right. to all kinds of things today you know and if I can't accept that I have an issue, then I can't get what I'm wanting to get, you know? Right. If I want to get 30, 30 syringes instead of just 15, 
then I need to be honest with how much I'm using. Right. Because yeah. I'm going to need that many needles each time, you know? Right. Because you're not supposed to reuse them. Right. And that's what they're, you know, that's part of what it is. It's so, so you are safe. And it's just, at first, I didn't, I didn't want to be honest, you know? At that time, I, I couldn't be honest. I couldn't be honest with myself. I couldn't be honest with the person sitting in front of me. So, to say, you know, I do about a, I use meth, and I, I do about a half gram shot probably about four or five times a day. That's not something I want to say. Right. But by the end of it, I was like, I do way too much, way too often, and I'm going to die, and I need help. Eventually, I could say that, and it takes time. It does take time and getting to know somebody, but after, like, the first few times, I come in one time on a hoverboard <laughs> and just hung out, had just literally yeah. gotten yeah. <laughs> all the way yeah, and was talking 90 to nothing and just hung out with them for a little bit because I felt safe there. Right. I could be that way and be safe in that moment. Right. And you wouldn't think someone who was using could be around a bunch of sober people and be as comfortable as I was, but it's just how it, it makes you feel. And to feel that comfortable because they they love you no matter what, mm-hmm. that makes that made it so much easier to get sober. Right. So. So when you were ready for help, that was that was the place she to go to. She drove me to Recovery Plus. That's awesome. No, she walked out two days later. But four days. Okay. It was four, four days. days. But you planted the seed. The seed was planted. Right. And and she and then and not then even a month later. Yes, I was in another recovery place. Yes. Yeah. yeah no. It's it's we but were that we only were, lasted two weeks we, because we talked, someone punched me in the face and I got kicked out. We'll be right back. As a woman in recovery, I know how important having a fellowship of women has been for me. Come join us at the Women of Worth All Recovery Support Group here at Turning Point, 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky, every Friday night at 6 p.m., where we discuss our personal experiences in recovery. Hope to see you there. Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> we, we were talking about that, you know, the statistics and and how many times that somebody goes to treatment and oh, things yeah. like that, and um, just because somebody walks out or it's not for them, you know, doesn't mean that that seed wasn't planted or um, something wasn't learned. Whether we, whether it be self reflection or even understanding that you have a problem or addiction. Yeah, well, I we, wanted to be. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I said we believe in so many chances, and when we we believe in as many chances as it takes, and mm-hmm. and I think that's how a lot of people are. You know, I wanted to be there at Recovery Plus, and it's not a bad place at all. Like it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just had a weird feeling that one of my grandparents was not going to make it, yeah. and I wasn't going to get to see him. 
And when I left, my grandpa died two weeks later. And I don't know if that was just a, you know, God thing or not, but my last conversation with my grandpa was, um, I, you know, I, I was telling him, yeah, I left, but I'm not done. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I just got a few loose ends to tie. Yeah. And, uh, he said, well, I'm glad to hear that. And, uh, then he passed away just a couple of days after that. Wow. And I maybe used a handful of times more, got into some physical altercations with one of my exes and my dad was pretty much forced to let me come home for a couple of days and sleep it off and I got to recovery works is where I went and um, by that time I could have had clean pee so a good chance I would have lost my bed because the last time I tried to get there if I hadn't used in a week you know well looks like you don't need us so, on my way to Recovery Works, I had my mom stop somewhere so I could yeah. get high real quick and go on so I would have dirty pee so I could stay. And I, whenever I went there, you know, I was full, fully engaged. By the second week, I was group leader. And um, then the whole thing happened. So I snatched a girl's wig off her head and threw it in the kitchen because she wouldn't stop talking about needles and she was triggering me. Yeah. And uh, she punched me. <laughs> so we both got kicked out. I made my bed and I had to lie in it, but yeah. I've been sober ever since. Hey, those triggers are real too. Especially early on, you know, with, with, uh, with that type of method. Uh, I was talking to some sponsees earlier today and there's this one guy that I was in jail with and he would constantly glorify the use. And, I mean, that was the toughest thing. Because, I mean, you got two addictions there, the using and the using of that device. And that just made it so difficult because one was associated with the other. And they were both associated with a very temporary euphoria, um, which, of course, we would forget about all the BS afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, those triggers are real, and those are tough. Yeah. But uh, proud of you for continuing. So you got two years now? Yes. Uh, almost, or... or I got 25 months. Awesome. So two years and a day, or a month, not a day. Lord. (laughs) Two years. Two years. It's a long time. Yeah. 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 From when, you know, she first walked in and, well, barely walked in and was... uh, Hovered in. Hovered in. Okay. While she hovered in um, to where she is now. It's just, uh, you know, it's amazing to watch. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wasn't me, that's for sure. Well, we all need a lot of help, don't we? Yeah. yeah. I can't do it on my own. Willpower ain't, ain't nothing, <laughs> you know? It's, I've had a very good support system. Um, you know, the program I'm in now, the programs that I've been in, the people that I put myself around, my parents, our relationships have fully changed night and day. Like, when I was using, me and my parents had gotten to fistfights. And uh, I put my hands on my mom and my dad both, and I do not like who I was. Now, today, me and my mom bought a house together last year. You know, we live together. We're, we're making a major purchase together. And that's just, I never thought I would ever do that. That's awesome. Yeah. I see why this is a success story. Yeah. That's awesome. 
But, um, I mean, she has been open enough to share. Um, And a lot of times um, with IV drug use, it's a very personal, it's a very stigmatized thing. And so, one, admitting that, you know, you you suffer from addiction is one thing. And then admitting that you are an IV drug user is another thing. And so, um, thank you for letting us talk about your story. But also, you know, our success is is meeting individuals where they are yeah. no matter what stage that they are in it's funny you say that and and, and i think a lot of us that are in recovery and, and been in addiction you know when you're in that world we start to judge each other like you know the people who just eat the pills are judging the people who are using syringes uh, you know oh, yeah. like it's just it, it's 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 crazy but if you if you're the pta mother uh, she's judging us the same you know, she's looking at us the same. So it's it's crazy how that is, but um, it is tough to, to admit that. And it's tough to tell your story, but it takes a lot of courage. That's awesome. You know, I don't do it for me. I, don't, I do it for people that are out there, you know. Yeah. If I was worried about hiding who I was, then other people out there who, who are still in addiction and using in that form, it's, you know, they need to hear stuff like this. Mm-hmm. If I could have been hearing things like this... Two years ago, I probably might have four years sober. Right. You know? You never know. Is To hear that there is hope is it's a game changer. It's a 100% game changer. You know? I met Lauren at my rock bottom. I might not have been quite at rock bottom when I first met her, but in the process, I hit my rock bottom. And that exchange program helped me come out of it. I mean, yeah, people standing there who work at recovery places passing out cards, you know, they listen to you. They they um, hug you when you need it. They let you cry. They They just, they care about you. And it's... I can't stress enough that it's just that if if I had gone in there and it would be like a doctor's office, then I'd still be on the streets. Yeah. So oh, it was the needles, not the candy snacks. that lured you. <laughs> not the snacks that brought you in. Okay. Well, you, you, I'll remember that. We didn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. She makes a really good point. Like, yeah, there's no need for that. They still take a lot they of it. They still though. take a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know? But yeah, I mean, it's so true that it takes what it takes. And when you were finally ready and you felt like, and assisted by seeing that some people, some somebody actually cared and started to love you back to life and you start to see, see value in yourself. And then you were ready to try. And even though you had some hiccups, you know, you were willing to do it and you put in the work. And then with the drug court thing, man, we get a lot of drug court participants down here. And when they first come in, they're always like, this is the most. There's no way I can do this. Uh, Angry. But then yeah. by phase two or three, they're like, I'm grateful for drug court. Is that, is that how you experienced it? Drug court has been, okay, so when I first got in, um, I didn't like all the homework. 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, Nobody I likes like, it at first. So much suspense. I didn't like, like, I didn't like the homework. Yeah. I didn't like having to go. I mean, I still have to do it twice a week to drug test. So twice a week, go to group therapy, yeah. go to individual therapy, meet the drug court person mm-hmm. once a week, go right. to court every week, you know? now Stand I'm, in front of the judge every week. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm in yeah. aftercare once, once a month for everything. And um, that's not so bad, but. You know, I just, on that packet that I just turned in today, uh, the last page of it was my personal statement to me. And I'm like, you know, the tools that I've learned, just everything that people have taught me, the the other participants, I'm able to learn from them, you know. Uh, I can grow in my relationships because I'm making relationships, friendships here. And I owe a lot to that program. Whereas when I first started, mm-hmm. you know, they gave me a sanction for going out on a date. <laughs> right. I was mad. You mean you're going to tell me what to do? <laughs> I yeah. can't date. Right. I can't go out on a date. Did they I remind you ever that you a signed family. to be a participant? Well, yeah. Yeah, they did you that signed to up me too. for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that I think the date was what. With somebody you weren't supposed to be around. He was a felon. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't felons. Know he, I didn't know. I didn't know. Maybe. He understood me. He, of course, yeah, they all <laughs> yeah, do. They all do. <laughs> they all do. It's okay though. You know, I, I had to learn a long time ago. Um, I gotta, I gotta learn to live with myself before I can live with somebody else, and I'm still learning. Um, so I, I don't know where you're at in, in your journey, but um, you know, they, they they tend to guide us um, better than we know ourselves, right? They they tend to tell us that we need to do things, and it sounds like a punishment, but it's for our own good, and that's why we see people coming in. Um, in drug court, just pissed off and angry because of all the rules and the guidelines. But sure enough, like in, in two months, like you were saying, they're just bouncing off the wall and they feel better about life. It's it's an awesome program. It it's is. a lot of structure they teach you. Yeah, they do. You need it a little bit longer yes. than two months, but yeah, they get there. <laughs> yeah, it kind of flies by. Yeah, um, it does. Drug court flies by? The, for us, it does. Looking at it, not for you while you're in it. No, it's two years, no matter how you chop it up, yeah. right? Hey, I've only got a month left, though. Hey, that's awesome, though. That's <laughs> right. awesome. So, can I jump in real quick here and ask Lauren a question? I haven't stopped you yet. No? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that much, either. I'm ready to talk. Well, I don't want to take over your show, man. I it's, have a, I acknowledge that sometimes this I... This is cross-talk. It's everybody is talking. He's going to yell at me later, guys. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, what do you have so that Brandon doesn't have to talk? Well, I was going to ask you. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, well I, I think... Let me talk first. No, I think that... (laughs) Actually, Lauren was talking earlier about doing a podcast with just the two of you, and this would be, this is a great banter for that. You know, you guys talking about cats and plants and... uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. See, I'm not a fan. I mean... She says you've been watching. <laughs> you've been watching. I've it. been at home on TikTok, <laughs> and then I look up, and all of a You're sudden, at home there's playing with your cat, watching Wheel of Fortune. Cats. Look, I have two now. You got to be one of the wheel watchers and <laughs> put your code in. What? And maybe you win the money that the code code code. code. Okay. code. Well, Lauren, have you applied yet? Because I remember the holiday special. You said yeah. you wanted to apply to be on Wheel of Fortune. I wanted to too. That's my goal for. The, I'm. I'm going. I have not yet. I will. Okay. I will do that. You will a fortune do that? <laughs> you know you have <laughs> to do a video. <laughs> Can we drum roll? Is there a drum roll button? I won't know which one it is. I'll play like crickets or something. <laughs> do it. It's bro- either way, it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey. Oh, I nailed it. Good job. That is awesome. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they it all short. So, Lauren, what would you? Uh, what were you going to say? I think. I think that what I was going to talk finger. about. Yeah. Sorry. About harm reduction is that sometimes it can be a controversial subject. Yeah. It um, is something that people kind of steer away from. They're kind of like, you know, what is harm reduction? And um, it is so much more, you know, um, than just prevention of public health or meeting individuals where they're at. Like it's, and I kind of wanted Tabitha to come on here so there could be a face to it too because it is, um, you know, when, when you're ta- trying to talk about like, the little harm reduction is just, you know, accepting what goes on, um, understanding all that kind of stuff. But then the capital H of harm reduction is actually doing the stuff, like mm-hmm. doing the damn thing yeah, and meeting people where they're at and going to them and opening up a certain service program. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, it is so desperately needed in this area. Um, yep. We... Yeah. I think that it is hard to understand, you know, more people inject drugs that you would assume. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just trying to keep people safe and alive in the process. Just just like Narcan, I mean, you, you, you can't help them. They can't find treatment. They can't find recovery if, if they're either not alive or they uh, continue to stack up more um, STIs or, or, or other diseases that cause more problems. I mean... When you're the only SSP, and for anybody that's watching, SSP stands for Syringe Services Program. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the only SSP in this part of the state, correct? You're the first and the only. In the yeah, in the purchase in area. The purchase area yeah. yeah, and so the next closest one is um, Christian County, Hopkinsville. So it's um, an hour and a half away. Right. And when we're dealing with a population, I know that you guys know this, that transportation is a huge barrier. Like, the reason that you came is because you had a driver's license and a car. And a hoverboard. And a hoverboard. hoverboard. (laughs) But, I mean, for people to actually get to us, I mean, we're a brick-and-mortar location. And so it's... um, you know, we're not serving as much as we could. What What was the biggest pushback you got? I mean, of course, you know, when you use the word syringe or needle and, and, and people that don't understand us, you know, they, they automatically going to, they're going to have certain thoughts, right? Um, they might have that word that we don't like to use all the time um, pop into their head. But what was, you know, as far as educating the community, what was, what was the biggest pushback you had? What was the biz, biggest success that you had um, in educating the community? Um, I think that the biggest pushback anytime that we talk about, especially Narcan or syringes, is the comparison of diseases. Why are you doing this for drug addiction and not for diabetics? And, you know, we're not trying to compare apples to oranges. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Um, But we, so one, not the same thing. Um, Most individuals who are diabetic have access to syringes um, and they're not reusing and potentially spreading infectious diseases. I think um, when you talk the nuts and bolts, um, especially when it comes down to the cost, um, the cost for medicine alone for hepatitis C is about $84,000. The likelihood that somebody um, gets hepatitis C within the first um, three to five years of injecting is about 70% if they don't participate in a clean um, exchange program. And the reason for that is just the how long it lives, the 
um, readily available, readily available yeah. and has people share more frequent. Right. Um, and so $84,000 for hep C, another infectious disease is HIV. Um, the cost over to that is over $600,000. The cost of a clean syringe is 10 cents. Right. Um, so no matter what, um, you know, these are um, dollars that are being spent. And so prevention, um, we're preventing the spread of infectious diseases, but then it's also so much more than that. I mean, it's, uh, and, you know, Tabitha talked about, you know, how our staff was welcoming her, but I mean, they do the, I mean, it's the same for us too. Like right. we are, we would not be where we're at if we didn't have our clients go out and say, Hey, you know, I felt welcome. You guys can come in. Right. Cause that mm-hmm. is how the program is spread, you know, and feel like they can come in and, and it's not a cop. I told everybody about it. <laughs> I did. If I was over there, they'd probably think I was a cop too, wouldn't they? Yeah, they probably yeah, they would. You look like a cop. Thank you. Are you a cop? No, I'm not. <laughs> Speaking of microphone. Ask, you gotta ask him. Um, we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. You want to know something? My biggest issue with meetings is despite their name, they're never about me. Here at Turning Point, all of our meetings are for you and about you. We have meetings at least three times a day, seven days a week. We are located at 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky. Call 270-444-3621 for more information. Hey, y'all. Did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we are open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff, and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. If I can mention, so back in 2019, I was going to see my ex-stepdaughter and her mother, and stepped out of my car, and I found a dirty syringe laying on the side of the road. That is something else that the syringe exchange program takes away. Um, You're not going to find these use needles as much because they have the uh, sharps container and yeah. they take your used ones yeah. and discard them. And they, they pick them up because they want not only to they want the, to exchange it, but they also have kind of tried to scare the life of that, you know, I have to get these syringes back because you said how the community, uh, you know, um, what's the easiest sell. Right. I mean, we're, we're cleaning up the community. We are having a safe place to dispose of um these syringes and and when you talk about um you know community health approach i mean a syringe most individuals do not carry it because that's a possession and paraphernalia charge unless it's in that sharps container that they they can't get you for it right yeah unless you know anyways um so they um don't toss them right in places where our public works employees mm-hmm. clean out storm drains or our children go to parks or you are riding your bicycle or you are walking out anywhere. And so it's it's a community cleanup approach as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in our community just, they don't know that people are using syringes um, for IV drug use. Like, what were people using uh, syringes and IV uh, drug use before you guys came along with this uh, exchange program? 
Of course. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 the fact of the matter, it was still happening. Now you've given the community and the people that were, were using um, an option to, to safely dispose of those and get new ones to reduce disease. I mean, that's just kind of how it wraps it up, yeah, right? It's, I mean, the nuts and bolts of it, the syringe exchange programs are no-brainers. Um, Tabitha's that story, that's the feel-good story. That is the hope that, you know, yeah. um, not only has her life changed, but, you know, she has a better relationship with her family and her kids and XYZ and all the... My outlook on life, my, my relationship with myself is so yeah. much better. Like, I used to hate myself. And now, you know, if, if you can't love me as who I am, then you're not going to be in my life. That's how much I love myself now. That's you know? awesome. So. That's a good place to be, too. It it's fantastic. I, like, I don't need anybody else. A couple cats. That's it. <laughs> I got three cats. All right. <laughs> and a dog. Do you have any, just, has I, she given you any plants, by the way? No. <laughs> What? They would die. <laughs> plants? You yeah. have a source right there. You have an outlet of all your, your, your I plants. I brought Evan a plant today. And he's going to take it home. He is. Good. Good. I have a lot of plants. I like to, you know, stay busy. I don't deal with plants. My mom does the gardening. Okay. <laughs> no, but it is awesome. Now, a year, two years, three years ago now, just imagine yourself three years. Could you imagine yourself sitting here at a podcast talking about the steps and, and the path that you took? No. No. <laughs> I can imagine myself at the park hiding. Yeah. Watching, looking at someone's uh, blinds. blinds. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining their blinds. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's about it. You know, and I always look back at the path that I took, and Matt took a path that was similar, but we all have a different path going into recovery. And, and I, I think, would I've done anything different? You know, would you've done anything different? No, I didn't come in one shot shy or one shot too many. I came in just at the right time because right time. Um, everything that I have gone through has made me who I am today. And I told you, I love myself. So that is awesome. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. We say it all the time, don't we? If, if I love song. who I am today, you know then I wouldn't wish to change a single thing. Yeah. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the way I feel. You know, you can't live in the past. And that those things happened and they made you who you were. All you can do is try to be a better version of yourself today. And, and those experiences, that's one of the greatest things I've found in recovery is that all that wasn't for nothing because I can use that to help someone else today. Mm-hmm. I can have, like you're doing today, by sharing your experience and strength and hope, you know, which we really appreciate. No, not a problem anytime. Are you trying to wrap this up? No, I was just telling I appreciate it. Oh, okay. It. So, <laughs> you yeah, mentioned... Talk about cats some more? No, well, I don't know how long we've been doing this. 40, 37 minutes. Hell yeah. So... You mentioned hope, and, and that's what you're doing. You're, you're here, you're talking about your story, you're mm-hmm. providing somebody with hope. And, and Matt worked at Centerpoint for a little while as a peer mentor. I worked there for a little while, uh, while as an employee, and, and we, we work here, you know. And we answer phones, we talk to family members, we talk to people um, that are, are, are in the same boat that you and I were in, mm-hmm. um, addicted to both the drug and the needle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they just they don't know that there's a way out. It, you look out the window when you're in that situation and you just ask yourself, how are these normal people doing that, right? Um, you know, and, and, and I have been able to tell mothers um, that, that that's who I am, that's what I did, um, and now I'm better. You know, now now 
I'm in recovery and I'm in recovery for, for so many years, you know, and it gives them hope, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just so powerful that you can get on here and, and talk about your experience with the exchange, talk about your experience in recovery and give anybody that's watching, uh, anybody that's listening, just, just a little morsel of hope um, yeah. because that is all that we need in the very beginning. That is it just to, to know. Little hope, little faith, size of a mustard seed. That's all it takes that's to right. get it started, you know? Amen. Um, because when you're out there and you you have no hope, there's no point. There's no reason. There's no, why should I, you mm-hmm. know? I remember some of the thoughts that would go through my head is like, this is, this is just so redundant, this lifestyle. I'm just getting drugs to find a place to stay for the night just so I can be warm. And then... I, Maybe tomorrow I can still have somewhere to stay and I can just yeah. try and get clean. But no, it was just it was just over and over. It's just a, like a hamster on a wheel. Different 24 hours a day than we're doing now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I finally got that little bit of push, that, you know, everything's, everything's going to be all right and I will make it. I just got to take it one moment at a, de- at a time, one yeah. day at a time. Then it turns into a week at a time. And here it is. And it's all the people along the way, you know, it is, it's all the people that we meet. It's all the people that give us that little bit of hope and, and, uh, you know, cheer us on when we can't even cheer ourselves on. Yeah. My church plays a big role in my recovery now. That's awesome. I'm real grateful for them. They, uh, I, I'm in a life group now. I, uh, help teach Sunday school and Wednesday night, uh, for the youth. I'm there every other Wednesday. So I'm I'm real active in my church, and that helps me stay in recovery too. You know, I do do other programs that I'm not allowed to mention, but um, you know, all of it together, and just seeing my kids because I got twins that just turned 11 three days ago, and I got a little boy who's about to turn seven next month, and um, my twins' dad passed away in 2019. Oh, sorry. That's when I started using the needle. And um, my youngest son's father is my ex-husband that was abusive. So um, he's in Ohio, and he can stay there for all I care. But um, we don't, you know, it's just me and them. And my mom, you know, she helps me out. But as a parent, I am the only one. And so if I don't make it that next 24 hours then I'm not just messing up my life. I'm messing up their life. So um, the motivation that I have today to stay sober is tremendous. And I actually heard something a couple of days ago that it is easier to stay sober than it is to get sober. Mm. And that was the most truest statement I have ever heard because if I mess up... Man, it's so hard to go through that to just because you you mess up that one time and then it, that craving kicks in that phenomenon of craving and it's just like oh I got it I want to do another one yeah. I just want to do one more and that one more turns into six more and um, but to just just say no instead just say no to drugs Barbara Bush is that what that <laughs> was yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh. It's so much easier to do that. You know, I can just go upstairs and look at my children yeah. and be like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to be okay this next 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it is a choice. And, you know, that uh, just like you said, like doing it for your kids, seeing your kids, and that helps you, like, not being, we're not being selfish anymore for so long. I think, uh, at least I was extremely selfish, and, you know, I didn't care about anyone else, let alone myself. And like you've talked about, learning to love yourself. Once you love yourself, you can actually love other people, and then you can start living selflessly, you know. I also am heavily involved in my church, and I think that's helpful. Anything I can do to give back and help people, you know, I love working here and being able to work with people. I love doing outreach with my church. I love just being able to help people and not being selfless today. And that's what helps me because I find that way more rewarding, both spiritually, uh, you know, mentally, mm-hmm. uh, than anything, any high that I've ever had, you know. So. Definitely. But, Lauren, would you like to say anything before we uh, close this up? Is there any other questions, comments, or concerns? <laughs> There's an 800 concerns? number. Concerns? So. Yeah, we've got lots <laughs> concerns. of concerns. Yeah. concerns. Hold on. Do we have another hour? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm just saying that the... this is going to so be a good podcast. I mean, if, if, if you get on Wheel yeah. of Fortune, if you do, I when you will. do, are you going to say of, my name? I will get on Wheel of Fortune. You will. I, like, I'm manifesting. Speak it into existence. Yeah. Yes. You're yeah. manifesting. Have I'm you, manifesting. Do you have to apply online? It's a virtual audition. Do you do she on? has to do a video. Too. I have to do a video. We have a, we have Are a you going to zip line on? <laughs> Upside down? <laughs> Upside down. You saw the last one, right? I Put did. the cats yeah. in your video. I have three cats. How, why would cats help me? Why wouldn't they? Spin them Everybody around the floor cats. like they're the wheel. Of the wheel. Put the cats on the wheel? No. Spin them around your yes. hand like they are the wheel. Um, yes, when I get on Wheel of Fortune, yeah. I'm listening. Oh, there was a follow-up. <laughs> okay. So are, are, you gonna, are you going to, uh, what is your title going to be when you go in there? I don't know. We talked about this in the last, last podcast. I like, have to, and I have to write a bio. But you've got that. I know, but. How are you going to shorten it up? <laughs> fun. Hats. Hats. I just wear many hats. You do. That's, that's how I'm going to describe myself. That's pretty awesome. Describe yourself as Wonder Woman. Nah. Yeah. I, I'm just. A, I'm just a junkie advocate. Advocate for junkies. Somebody told me <laughs> so, that. So Wonder Woman, right there. Wonder Woman. Not everybody could do that job. You can. You can cut that out too, because I hate that word. But you can say you're what? a hope dealer. One woman. Hope dealer. I had a shirt. It don't a, fit me anymore. Um, but it said neighborhood hope dealer. I do have a question. Okay. Where's the hoverboard? It's in the closet at my house. Okay. We still have. Still got it. Yeah, I would have pawned that one a long time ago <laughs> if it was me. Them. It was my kids. Oh. But then I, when I got sober, I bought myself one that had a Bluetooth speaker on it. So. Gotcha. Hey, that makes it pretty cool. <laughs> we'll let Matt close this down because we're okay. going to talk all night if <laughs> we, we don't. Yeah, well, once again, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tabitha, for coming on. Thank you, Brandon. And uh, Lauren, as always. No, thank you, Brandon and Lauren, as always. Uh, I know, Lauren, that uh, thank you for bringing on a success story. And I know they're not always success stories at first, but don't lose hope because it takes what it takes and you matter. So I just wanted to say that. uh, Check us out on YouTube or listen to our audio version at Apple, Google, Spotify, and Podbean. And as always, stay grateful. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621. You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.